morning cross point the video you just saw has nothing to do with my message this morning i just want to say that up front but this being sanctity of life sunday i wanted to show it and let you know that in april i'm going to preach an entire message on what god thinks about life okay now once you take your outlines out and let's talk about what i want to talk about building strong relationships Because it's all about love. Isn't life about relationships? And haven't you noticed that when life is going well, it's because the relationships in your life are going well. And when the relationships in your life aren't going so well, life just doesn't seem to work right. We are just two weeks away from 40 Days of Love. We're going to be starting that as a church together A six-week, 40-day experience, and I want every single one of you to be a part of it. Some of you are saying, hmm, this is new to me. I've heard something about 40 days of love, but what is that all about? Uh, How do I get plugged in? Well, I'm glad you asked. Take out your bulletin this morning. There are a number of different ways you can get plugged in. If you'll open your bulletin up and look on the left-hand side, you'll see the different times and places where these growth groups are going to take place. The best thing you could do today is to go up to the person who is the contact and say, I want to be a part of your group. Count me in. And then they know. They can know how many they can count on. Then go back and see Vicki Mahaka out there at the guest services booth and pick up one of these. They're only $5. Everyone's going to need a participant's guide. And they're relatively inexpensive. If you can't afford one, let us know. We'll see to it you get one. Because we want you to be a part of this. Also, let's say, well, I don't want to, I got to leave early. I can't, you know, track down uh, Bruce Rokas and Ricky Lamas. And so look at that little uh, scan item there in your bulletin. If you've got the ability to scan, then it'll take you right to the link, and we'll get you signed up. Say, well, I don't know how to do those fancy scanning things. I don't either. Uh, Look at the bottom. Do you see that connect online code, HTTP, colon, double slash, B-I-T dot L-Y? If you can read that, this is hard for me. Well, just go to that, and you can sign up online. And then this... Wednesday, LV told me she's going to, if you're on our, to receive uh, emails, she's going to send out another link so you don't have to type that in. Just click that and we'll know. And then one last way, you saw Isaiah held up a communication card. Every week we hold up a communication card for a first, second, third time guest, but also for you if you want to communicate to the leadership here. And one of the ways you can communicate that you want to be a part of a growth group, just write it on there. Say, I don't have a computer. I don't want to talk to Keith Doolittle. And so, uh, he's one of our leaders. I, so, I'll j- just write it on there. I want to be in his group. I just don't want to talk to him, okay? 
So there's like, I've given you like about five different ways that you can be a part of it. We want to make it easy for you. So there's no excuses now, all right? Please be a part of 40 Days of Love. Speaking of love, I'm going to ask you a question. How would you complete this sentence? My number one goal in life is... What would you say? My number one goal in life is to be loved. My number one goal in life is to be successful. My number one goal in life is to be popular or to get married, to raise a family. It's important how you answer that question because that question shows your dominant life principle. And that's kind of how you view life. Everyone's got one. Every time you make a decision, you access that part of your brain, that dominant life principle, and then you decide what you're going to do or not do. For instance, if your number one goal in life is to have fun, and somebody this afternoon offers you a couple of different choices to do something with them, you're going to reach into that dominant life principle up here in your brain, and you're going to make the choice based on which one of these two activities is going to be the most fun. You see how that works? If your number one dominant life principle is comfort, and someone asks you to go do something, like take a hike and backpack or do something stressful, and you're into comfort, you're going to say, no thanks. <laughs> and you're going to go home, grab a bag of chips, sit on the couch and watch TV. Because you're into comfort. You're not into exercise. If your number one uh, life principle is safety and someone offers you some choices, you're going to take the safest choice. If you're, if you're into approval, affirmation, you like getting applaud, then you're going to do things that tend to affirm you. And so it's extremely important that you think this through. What is my dominant life principle? Now, you know what God has to say about this? See, that's what we selfishly say about this. But have you ever thought, what does God think about my dominant life principle? What should it be? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Here it is. Let love be your highest goal. Not status, not success, not possessions, not privilege, not prestige, not comfort. He didn't say, let money be your highest goal. He said, let love be your highest goal. Now, why does God say that? Because God wants us to be like Him. And what was God like? For God so loved the world that he gave. Our God's a lover. Our God's a giver. And he wants us to be like him. One day, a fella just walked down the street, saw Jesus, said, oh, Jesus, I always wanted to ask you a question. i got a question for you. Jesus, what is the most important commandment in the Bible? And I want you to notice something. Jesus did not say, oh, they're all equally important. It's my word. Just read it, believe it, do it. He didn't say that. Here's what he said in Mark 12, 30. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. I'm not finished yet. And love your neighbor as yourself. There are no commandments more important than these. There it is. He said, learn to love me and learn to love everybody else. That's what life's all about. Now, once you've done that, guess what? Now you're ready for heaven. See, it doesn't matter what you acquire. It doesn't matter what you achieve. It doesn't matter your accomplishments. One day you're going to stand before God... And he's going to say, did you learn to love me while you were there on earth? And did you learn to love my kids? That's really what life's all about. How do I know that? 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Everything. What's the word everything include? Everything. Everything you do must be done with what? Love. I didn't say that. God said that. You say, well, does that mean when I'm writing emails to people and I'm kind of upset, i got to write it with love? Yeah. Does that mean when I post something on Facebook and I'm really ticked at what someone posted about me? Yes. Let everything you write and let everything you post be done in love. Does that mean when I'm driving through the fast food place and I can barely make out what the person's saying on that speaker and it's driving me nuts and I just want to lash out. Yes, yes, it includes that. Does that mean when I'm at the shopping mall and there's three of us fighting for a parking space? The same one. Let everything be done what? In love. Can you relate to this? Do you see how love affects our everyday life? Yeah, does this mean people that vote differently than me? Ah, you stopped preaching gone to meddling now, preacher. No, no. Those that vote different from me are not the enemy. The devil's the enemy. We just have a different view. You know, we, we open up to dialogue, open up to discussion, but let it be done in love. Look for truth, look for reason with our differences. How about responding to people that attack your faith? Oh, you're one of those Christians, you're one of those, you don't tell me you believe there's actually a God. Yes, even in responding to people like that. Everything means everything. And so what is love? If we're going to be talking about Love for 40 days starting in two weeks. So you got two weeks to get your, your books. you got two weeks to get signed up. I've given you four or five ways how to do that. Don't you think we ought to know what love is? Don't you think we ought to define that just a little bit? I mean, because, you know, I love my wife, but I also love my son. And I love my daughter-in-law, and I love my grandson, and I love our grandpuppy. They're all a little different, but what kind of love are we talking about? When the Bible talks about in everything we do must be done in love, what is God saying? Let's look at five things the Bible says about love. Number one, got your outlines out? 
Get your outline out. You're going to need your outline for more than one reason today. First of all, we love because God loves us. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Love comes from who? God. That's where it comes from. For God is, what's the next word? Love. It does not say that God has love. It says God is love. See, it's his very essence. 1 John 4.19 goes on to say, We love because God first loved us. God does everything first, right? God takes the initiative. God takes the lead in this thing called love. God will never, ever, ever ask you to do something that he hasn't already done. Sometimes I'll talk to believers that really kind of get down on themselves. And they're really frustrated with themselves. Oh, Bruce, I don't feel like I'm measuring up. I don't feel like I'm pleasing God. I'm just carrying around this load of guilt all the time. Bruce, I guess my problem is I I just don't love God enough. And, you know, I just want to grab him and shake him and say, no, 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 that's not your problem. Your problem is you don't understand how much God really, really loves you. Because if you did, you would not be feeling that way. You know, you cannot not love God if you understood how much he loved you. It'd be impossible. You know that you cannot make God stop loving you. Cannot be done. You can try, but you will fail. Because God is love. It's his essence. It's his very nature. And once you feel that unconditional love, once you get it down deep into your soul, and you finally once and for all go, Huh, I get it now. You know what you're going to start doing? you're going to start cutting people a whole lot of slack. You're going to start being loving toward the unlovable because you're going to realize they were just like you at one time and didn't get it. But now that you do, you can cut them slack. You can help them come along and know this same God who you've learned loves you so much. Now, during 40 days of love, we're going to have to do some healing of our hearts. Because a lot of us have been hurt. You've been hurt. You've been hurt, some of you, by your parents. Some of you, by professionals. Some of you, by schoolmates. Some of you, by coworkers. You've been hurt through life. And here's what I've noticed about hurt people. Hurt people tend to hurt people. They really do. But once you let God heal that hurt, once you feel that unconditional love of God... Now you're in a position to be loving to others. 1 John 4, 16, we know and rely on the love God has for us. Do you? Do you know the love God has for us? Do you rely on the love that God has for us? You know, it's easy to love people who love you. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, it's easy when you've got good neighbors. But what if you don't have good neighbors? Those difficult, hard-to-love neighbors. Then what do you need? Then you need the power of God to help you love those neighbors. See, the Christian life is not just difficult. It's not just hard to live. It's impossible to live without the power of God in you.
And you're not going to be able to do anything that we're going to be talking about over the next 40 days when we get this started without God's power. You don't have it within you to do this. You need God to help you do this. He not only gives you the will to want to, but He'll give you the power to follow through. And so we love because God loves us. Number two, we love because love's a choice. And it's not only a choice, it's a commitment. See, you choose to love or you choose not to love, right? It's kind of like God. You either choose to believe there is a God or you choose to believe there's not a God. And the way you live your life will be based on what you choose to believe about God. And the same is true about love. You know, today we bought into the myth that love is this uncontrollable feeling that you can't do anything about. I mean, even the language we use. I fell in love, you know. Kind of like I just walk along one day, fell in a ditch. (laughs) Bam, you know, I'm in love. Didn't see that coming. (laughs) But isn't that the terminology that we use? No, love is a choice. Now, that BAM experience really is not love. It's really more of an attraction, right? When we say, BAM, look at that. Now, attraction can lead to love, as it did in my case. Tell you a true story. You want to hear it or not? I was in high school, played on the football team. It was a Friday, and we were having a pep rally. And the band was there. They were playing their music, and the cheerleaders were cheering. And we had something at our school, Paramount High School, good old PHS, called Song. Song, they never sang. They just danced around with pom-poms and flags, and they just looked cute, you know, doing their little thing. And I'm up there at this pep rally. We all got our you know, jerseys on for the big game that night. And I nudged the guy next to me. And I said, you know what? I'm looking down at these song leaders. I'm going, if you could go on a date with any one of those girls down there, which one would you choose? And the fellow next to me said, I'd take that tall blonde over there. And someone else said, I'll take the one over there on the end. I said, you know, I think I'd take that little short one down there, the brunette. I didn't even know her name. Found out later her name was Jane. Jane Zapiti. We've been married now almost 40 years. Attraction can lead to love and marriage and commitment. But what if she didn't love me back? Think about this, folks. See, love is a choice, right? I can choose to love her, but she's got to choose to love me back before attraction turns into love and commitment, the commitment of marriage. I cannot make her love me. I can't even make her stay married to me. I'm just glad that she did. And they said it would never last. Now, folks, the same is true of God. Attraction can lead to love, but I can't force somebody to love me because love is a choice. 
And you've got to choose to love God. Deuteronomy 30 verse 20 says, Choose to love the Lord your God and commit yourself to Him. You choose Him. You commit yourself to Him. One time for all time. Just like marriage. In my baptism, I put Christ on. In my marriage, I wear this ring to show I'm in love with my wife. We're committed to each other till death do us part. That's what that ring means. And when I choose God through faith, repentance, and baptism, I am making a lifetime choice and commitment. Amen? See how that works? But you've got to choose it. God will not force you to follow Him. We love because God loves us. We, we love because love's a choice and a commitment. And number three, love is an action, not just an emotion. Because you cannot command an emotion. Right? You just can't command it. Some of you right now are very, very happy. Those of you that are happy, I command you right now, be sad. I command it. Can't be done. Those of, some of you are sad right now. I command the sad people in the room to be happy. Eh, can't do it. And I cannot say that love is an emotion. Love can lead to an emotion. Because love is a command. And you cannot command an emotion. Think about this. Think it through. That sounds really, really deep, Bruce. Where are you going with this? 1 John 3.18 Let us not love with words or with the tongue. What's that saying? Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But you never do anything about it. It's all talk. Words, words, words. Empty words. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with attractive action and truth it's an action love is an action if you're telling the truth you'll do something about it if you really love someone you will do something it's kind of like the girlfriend who was complaining about her boyfriend who was always you know you know saying one thing but doing another and 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 you know you, you never you never do anything for me she said he says but honey you know i would die for you she says, but you always say that, but you never do it. <laughs> love is something you do. Now, don't go too far with that illustration, all right? It's just trying to make a point. But it's easier to act your way into a feeling than it is to feel your way into an action. Love is an action. Sometimes people say, Bruce... You know, God really doesn't want me coming to church if I don't feel like coming. I said, oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. Now they're not quite as sure about that statement. You know, God really doesn't want me giving of my tithes and offerings if I really don't feel like giving. Oh, really? Would you mind just pointing, point me to the verse that says that? You know what my Bible says? Hebrews 10.25, check it out for yourself. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know what Paul told the Corinthian church? He says, what I told the Galatian churches and all the other churches, as I gave order to all those other churches, I'm telling you, on the first day of the week, 
Take up a collection. Lay by in store. Now, I know that was a special collection, but the principle is, whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it, I want you to attend and encourage one another, and I want you to take up an offering. Well, at least that's what my Bible says. It has nothing to do with if I feel like it or not. Love is an action. Are you getting this? So attending church, giving when you don't feel like it, you know what that really is a sign of? That's a sign of spiritual maturity. Didn't feel like getting up this morning, but I did it anyway. Spiritual maturity. Ah, Another Sunday, another tithe. Don't really feel like giving this. Lord, you know, I'm fighting it, but God, mm, it's the right thing to do. I'm giving it. Now, as you grow, the Lord loves what kind of a giver? A cheerful giver. And as the habit grows and you grow, all that's going to come together. You know, and I tell first-time givers, God bless you. Maybe start with a half a tithe. Don't go to the full thing. Grow in this. Watch how God develops you. Watch how you grow. Watch how God will not only meet your needs, he'll take care of your needs. Acting in love when you don't feel like it is really the highest form of love. Amen? Anybody here have a baby or had a baby at one time like we did years ago? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Didn't you just enjoy getting up five, six, seven, eight times a night to tend to that baby? <laughs> Didn't that just, oh, I don't need any sleep. Oh. I remember at our house, your turn. No, your turn. I was up the last three times. It's now your turn. And so you get up and you do it anyway, even when you don't feel like it, right? Why do you do it? L-O-V-E, love. Because it's the right thing to do. Some of you know that Jane had surgery back in December. She's not supposed to lift anything over a certain weight. And she's not supposed to lift her hands up any higher than that. Now, a few years back, we got our bathroom remodeled. Hang in there with me. The story's going somewhere, all right? <laughs> I kind of liked the old shower door we had. It was called a rain tree. You can't see in, you can't see out, all right? And we just had regular tile. Really wasn't all that fancy, but you know what? You didn't have to wipe it down when you were done. Just kind of beat it off. And so when the new one came up, my wife wanted real stone in the shower. And she wanted one of those clear glass type of things that, you know, you can see through. And the guy that's putting in the stone says, now, you know, stone is porous. We can seal it, but even though we seal it, you, you have to squeegee it every time you use it. My wife said, I don't mind. Does anyone consult me? No. All right, your project, your bathroom. Okay, I get it, I get it. And then I took my first shower in it, and oh, what a pain this was. I'm used to just showering off, open that thing up, toweling off, I'm out of there. Ah, what are you doing, Bruce? Ah, get back in there. Ah, oh, oh, you start here, then here, and then here, and then here, and then here, but then you got to slide that one there, and then... And then this one back there, 
It's a real pain. It got so bad that I started using my gym membership not to work out, just to take showers, all right? <laughs> I avoided it like the plague. It was like my curse. And then my wife has surgery. Remember, Bruce, doctor says, can't lift my hands up past here. Squeegee. Ah, make me walk on hot coals. Lie down on a bed of nails. But not the squeegee. No, guess what I've been doing since December? I can reach. She can't. See, love does the right thing. And if she ever doubts my love, I'm just going to pull the squeegee out. <laughs> when you're patient with an irritable clerk who's been sarcastic to you, and everything within you wants to lash out and be sarcastic back, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you're just short of wanting to, mm, but you know you'd go to jail for that, but you want to have a karate tongue and nail them really, really good because you just, the devil gave you five good comebacks, right? <laughs> but you resist the urge and you respond with kindness and politeness. That's love. I'm learning about love. I'm not there yet. You see why we need 40 days of it? I'm convicted already, and this is the first sermon that I prepared looking at some of these tough passages. I thought I was a pretty good lover until now. Oh. Some of you need to rekindle your marriages and the romance there. Some of you have let your marriages just sort of, oh, they're still together, you're just miles apart, you've drifted. Some of you say, well, I'll wait until I feel romantic to be romantic. Well, if, if you do, then nothing's ever going to happen, okay? Let me just tell you that right now, because it's kind of like prayer. If the only time I pray is when I feel like it, well, the devil's going to make sure I never feel like it. During 40 days of love, we're going to have some assignments. Each week, there's going to be a personal assignment. And at the end of our 40 days, there's going to be a group assignment. Mm. Somebody said, I'm not sure I want to attend this because this is tough. Yeah, loving is tough. Loving is not easy. But if you want to grow, if you want to be like Christ, then I double dog dare you to sign up today to be a part of a growth group. Love, because God loved us. Love is a choice and a commitment. Love is an action. And love is a skill. Did you know that? Love is a skill that can be learned. And I want Cross Point Christian Church to be known as the most loving church around. I think we're known, really in our community, as having the best sports program in the city. And I believe that we do. We got the best uh, basketball, cheerleading, and sports camps in this entire city. But wouldn't it be great if next season the families that are far from Christ come up to us and say, you guys 
are the most loving church I've ever been to. And we were known for that instead of just our sports program. 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us practice loving each other. And the only way to get skilled at something is to do what? Practice. Do it over and over and over and over again. Let us practice loving each other, for love comes from God. Those who are loving and kind show that they are children of God. And so if you're loving to one another, it's proof that you really are one of God's kids. 1 Timothy 4.15 says, practice these things. Practice makes perfect. Number five, love is a habit. Boy, we're over time, aren't we? Love is a habit. Hebrews 13.1, continue to love each other with true Christian love. See, that's a habit. When you do it over and over and over again. I can't claim to be loving unless I am habitually loving. I can't say to my wife, honey, I will be faithful to you six days a week. That would not be faithfulness, right? I mean, what wife would go for that? What husband would go for that? That's not faithfulness. No, when we, when we swap vows, when we swap rings, we were saying we're going to be faithful to one another 100% of the time. Get it? Good. All right. We're getting this lesson down. We're almost done. Here we go. Luke 6.32. If you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? You cannot claim to be a loving person and then only love certain kinds of people. Right? And I'm not going to hang out with those people or those people. Or I like my kind of people. Let's just be honest. It's our nature not to be loving. Isn't it? I mean, if we're just real honest with one another, it's in our nature to think of ourselves first. And I do that all the time, but then again, so do you. If you stop and think about it. And so we, we, we've got some growing to do. We've got some learning to do. And that's what 40 days is going to help us do 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, test yourselves. In a moment, I'm going to give you a test. Not right now, but look at this verse first. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. This is a modern speech. I love the way it reads. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. Don't you love that verse? We're going to take a pretest right now. I got to admit, I didn't do so well. Let's do some self-analysis and look forward to seeing some progress. It, it, the, the object of this test that we're now about to take is not to make us feel bad. Because let's face it, we all struggle with this thing in this area of love. Uh, I don't want to turn this into 40 days of guilt, all right? I want this 40 days of love. And so just ask yourselves the question as we take this test, where am I now and where do I want to be? And so if you open your bulletin up and you've got your outline out, flip it over. Do you see the pre-test there? Let's go through it quickly. Our time's already gone, but let's go quickly, all right? There's a number of different areas we're going to look at. 
Uh, and, and if you notice, we got a little column over there, right? To, hey, everyone look at your own, get your pencil out. Look, look at your own paper, not your neighbor's paper, all right? And no elbow bumping when we get to some of these. Uh, if you're not doing so well, then, you know, circle poor on your left. If you're doing really great in this area, circle nine. Nobody's a 10, only God and Jesus are 10s, right? But if you're somewhere in between, we want to grow. At the end of this 40 days, I want you to take this test out and look at it and say, wow, I was there, but now I think I'm right here. How are you doing with your parents? Would you say I'm doing poor? Would you say I'm doing great? Or maybe somewhere in between. Now, this is only for those that are not married but would like to be. How are your marriage prospects? Now, I think marriage is a God-given desire, but how would you say you're doing with those prospects? Poor, great, somewhere in between. Your spouse, okay, and this is for the folks of us that are married. Do we need a little marriage tune-up? Do we need to start communicating better? Do we <clears throat> only talk when we're fighting? <laughs> you know, eh, maybe you're not doing so well. Maybe, you're, maybe it's going great. But we go through seasons of our marriage, and so where are you at right now? Uh, relatives, how you doing? We all got that crazy uncle, or we all got this one, you know. But in general, how are we doing? Co-workers, you say, oh, man, I get along great with my co-workers. Give yourself a nine. Or, man, I can't stand my co-workers. And you may be thinking, hmm, maybe it's because they can't stand me. You know, I mean, you know, you, you, know, you got to look both ways at this thing. But maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Neighbors, um, you know, Jesus said we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. And you said, what I do, most of them, you know, the one on this side, the one on this side, the one across the street, but the guy behind me, uh, not so well. A one, nine, or somewhere in between. Difficult people, those people that are different from you, how you doing with them? People that are tough to love. And then your children. Maybe you only have one. How you doing there? Maybe you have multiple children. You say, oh, man, this one here is so easy to love. This one here makes it so difficult to love. Where are you at with those, right? Now, you don't even write your name on that, all right? Just hang on to it because at the end of this, we're going to look back at it, and hopefully we'll see some growth. You know, some of Jesus' last words to his disciples, right before he went to the cross and died, and was buried, and rose, and went back to heaven, were these. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. What's the this? If you love one another. Love is the mark of a true believer. It's not, they shall know you are Christians by your bumper stickers. It's by love. Do people know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Do people say, that's the most loving person I know? Is that how you're known? Let's wrap this up. To become, a, to become great at relationships, I must, number one, commit to growing. Number two, learn how Jesus did it. Number three, I must practice some skills. Number four, I must develop some habits. And number five, I must trust God to help. Let's go to that God right now and ask for his help. Would you bow with me? Let's pray. Father, we all need help. <laughs> Many areas of life. But we need help in the number one area of life that you said matters most. And that's learning how to love each other and get along with each other right here on earth so we can be ready for heaven. 
You know, there's a difference between information and transformation. If all you do during the 40 days of love is just come on Sunday morning, but you don't get a workbook, you don't get in a growth group, you don't get involved, you're just coming for information, it isn't going to change you one bit. But if you will do these things, it will be life-changing. Maybe you'd claim this prayer for yourself. Dear Jesus, I want to be more loving. I want to work on my relationships. I want to learn to love you, and I want to learn to love your kids with all my heart. I want to be known as the most loving person people know. Lord, I've got a long way to go in this area of love, but I want to get there. Fill me with your love so it can overflow out of my life into others. Replace my hurts with your peace. Help me be like you. In Jesus' name, amen.